Well, if you're new or visiting, we're going through the book of Psalms. And so we find ourselves in Psalm 93, and we know that these are songs, songs. Father, we thank you and praise you for the word this morning. We thank you for all that's taken place. What a blessing, Lord, to know that, that you are moving in this world. And you inspire people through your Holy Spirit to do that part, to do that ministry. And so, Father, we thank you for that, and we do ask your blessing on each and every missionary that we sponsor, as well as every missionary that's out spreading the gospel, even right now, that they'd be received, and that those who are being offered Bibles would be receptive to take a Bible and to read it, as we know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Father, increase our faith even this morning. We need help. We need more faith to reach out to those around us our mission field, in our, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our family. So Lord, give us wisdom, give us insight. We pray for soft hearts this morning as we hear your word, that we might glean and understand a little bit more about you, and that we might become a little bit more like Jesus this morning. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Psalm 93, and, and again, if you're new or visiting, these are the Psalms that were compiled during the exile years in Babylon. And so Psalm 93, the Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is everlasting from of old, you are from everlasting. And so what we see here is the eternal glory of God, even in the midst of captivity. Because thrones determine destinies. And God's throne has always been and always will be. Nebuchadnezzar's, where is it today? Where is the glory of Babylon today? It's a pile of dust. There is some built, there are some buildings there, but it's just basically a pile of dust. You see, through God's incredible power, he spoke the world into, into being and established the boundaries that we have today. And since he has such power, should we trust in our own power? Now, we all know the answer, right? We'd immediately say no. But when it comes down to day-to-day, hour-to-hour, minute-by-minute, we don't necessarily remember that. And we try to do it ourselves. You see, when in doubt about whose power we should trust in, always look to heaven. Always look to heaven, guys. Where God sits on his throne. He's not up in heaven pacing before the throne, wringing his hands, saying, I didn't know they were going to do that. I didn't know they were going to do that. What am I going to do now? Total control. He's at peace. And he's there for you and me. Because we read on, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty ways of the sea. Your testimonies are sure. Remember, they're in captivity. They've been hauled off. Tremendous persecution. They didn't get cozy little bus rides to Babylon. 
It was very, very hard. And here the psalmist is praising God, even in the midst of this tremendous turmoil. The waves, I don't know if you've been to the ocean, I don't care for the ocean, but we go every now and then. But when the kids were little, we would take them and and just, you know, when you go into the ocean, you're talking and they can't hear you. And these are just small little waves. I can't imagine 10, 20 foot waves. One time I was on a boogie board and uh, I I just said, well, I got to try this. Why not? Everybody else is doing it. I'm going to try it. So I got a boogie board and, and put the thing around, you know, your ankle and it's got a six foot leash on it in case you lose it. And so I paddle out there and I think, oh, this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be so much fun. This this water tastes terrible. This is, why am I doing this? Sand in my ears. So I paddle out and, okay, I'm going to catch a wave. And so one comes and I push. And there's something about timing with a wave. You really got to know when to push and when to wait. Well, I pushed and got ahead of the wave. And when you get ahead of the wave, there's no water underneath you. There's nothing but sand. And the natural instinct, at least for me, was to arch my back to stop. <laughs> You're not going to stop. It drove me face first into the bottom, and I heard all my spine go, <laughs> and, and I was just tumbling. And I'm like, <laughs> thank God it was tied to my leg. Because when I came up, and I wasn't 10 feet deep, it was probably only 8, eight feet, 6 feet deep. I come up and I'm like, <laughs> and I just... <laughs> And when I got my senses back together, I look up and there's the, there's the lifeguard kind of looking right at me. He's like, is he okay? Is he going to make it? Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> what a knucklehead. Must be from Arizona. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters and the mighty waves of the sea. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness. Did they have the temple in in Babylon? No. The temple was wiped out. But what does the psalmist remember? Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. The house in Jerusalem? No, because he says, O Lord, forever. Because remember what we talked about last week? That they were lifting up the temple, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. We've got the temple. We can do idol worship because we've got the temple. Nothing bad's going to happen to us. No. God eliminated the temple. And here this psalmist, we don't know who wrote it. Maybe the same psalmist, maybe not. But the point is, as we look at this psalmist, where were his eyes now? Were his eyes on the temple in Jerusalem? Or were his eyes on the throne room of God? And we can have our own little temples. It's called houses or careers and when, or health. And when something happens, we fall apart. We're wondering, where is God? Why would he do this to me? I've gone to church every Sunday for the last 20 years. What's the matter with you? And we forget, no, you're on the throne. You guys have been watching the news. Do you think anybody's questioning or angry at God right now around Redding, California? 600 plus structures gone and the fire is not even close to being contained? See, that's when you'll find out how sincere your faith really is. God's faith, God's, God is there for you, always. But that's when you and I, I include myself, That's when we'll really find out 
Is God still on the throne? Is he still my God? Do I still trust him when I go back and see nothing but a pile of rubble? The last 37 years, pictures. My wife and I have talked about this. If there's a fire, what's, what are you going to grab? We've got photo albums, 37 years of photo albums. You can't grab them all. They're, they're, they're going to be gone. Videotapes. I mean, think about all the stuff in your house that, that maybe you, God has allowed you to have and not just the physical things. Sofas, ah, who cares? You can get another sofa. But all the memories, all the things, gone. Is God still God? Your testimonies are very sure. God, your word, your word is true. Guys, for you and me in this culture we're living in, most people, most people in this country will not say God's word is true. They'll say it's God's word, yeah. But your truth is not my truth and don't push your truth on me because I have my own truth. Very few people will actually say, God's word is true in my life and in anybody else's if they want it to be. And you happen to be, not just you alone, because there are other Bible-believing Christians in our country, in this community, but you are very unique, guys. Make sure that you stand upon the word of God. You see, God rules over his creation and assures the waves come in and go out. It's amazing. I'm not that bright. Just sit there every day. They go out. They come in. They go out. One time we were in Mexico. Uh, it was down by, um, it might have been Rocky Point. I forget where it was. But at night, the waves, I, I don't know where they went. I don't know where the ocean went. I mean, we walked out. It must have been like a half a mile. We were walking out. The next morning, the wave was 100 yards from the house. It's like, what happened? Next night, <laughs> where'd they go? Next morning, here they are. God is faithful, guys. And that's a picture of God's faithfulness. The testimony of the Lord is a witness. It's a witness that can be relied upon, guys. Didn't somebody just lose $12 billion this past week? Eh, what's the big deal? $12 billion. Eh. Billion dollars, and it's all on paper. Nobody really knows, anyways. But it's like, wow. He thought he was he thought he was rock solid, right? And then it happened again two years, two days later, with another company. Are we really that sure of the stock market? Are we really that sure of our economy? Are we really that sure about everything around us? Hmm. It can be gone. Be gone. So trust in the word of God. And stand upon his testimonies and continue to do what? Holiness. Holiness adorns your house. What is the psalmist doing? He's worshiping. Remember, this is a song. He is singing your holiness. You are God. And you are on your throne. Thank you, God. Psalm 94, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs, O God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth. This psalm appears to have been written during the years of captivity, and the psalmist here pleads for God to intercede on their behalf. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. 
Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord. Notice that. Persecution, trials, as we have brothers and sisters in Christ in foreign lands that are being persecuted. That's interesting that Susan shared it's not that way in Thailand. That's very interesting because in a lot of countries, um, mm, persecution is very, very serious. And afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord does not see. Nor does the God of Jacob understand. You see, the enemy doesn't think that God takes notice because God isn't intervening. Yet, yet God does know exactly what's taking place. And he will repay those who have come against his people in his timing. Understand, you senseless among the people, and you fools, when you will be wise, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? He who instructs the nations, shall he not correct? He who, teach, who, he who teaches man knowledge? The Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are futile. You see, the psalmist makes an obvious point to those who mock God. Don't you realize that you are dealing with your own creator? And that's the same for us today, guys. We go into our workplaces and they use foul language or they mock Christianity or they mock you or your family members or ridicule or whatever it might be. Just pray for them because they don't realize who they're mocking. They're not mocking you. They're, they're mocking Stephen. And Saul was called on the carpet. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I'm not persecuting you. You're in heaven. No, you, you're persecuting my church. That's my church you're dealing with, Saul. God knows. God knows and God will take care of it. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law or your word that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people. I have these two verses highlighted in my Bible. Nor will he forsake his inheritance. But don't we feel like that at times? God, where are you? But judgment will return to righteousness and all the upright in heart will follow it. In the end, God will have the last say. For now, blessed is the one who follows after the instructions of the Lord. In verses 16 through 19, the psalmist acknowledges who's in control. God is the one who will defend him. Even in the midst of tremendous sorrows, God's mercy sustains him. For he says, who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, 
my soul would soon have settled in silence. Maybe it's in your workplace. You're being mistreated. You're being overlooked. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a a family member mistreating you. God knows, as we just read. Trust in Him. I'm not going to bore you with my stories, but I've had times where I've had nothing but trust in God. I am being totally overlooked. This is not fair. It's not right. But God, I'm here to serve you. Motorola is just paying the bill. It's just temporary. I'll be looking for a job like I looked for this job when I leave. But God, while I'm here, I'm serving you. I'm serving you. Help me to be content with what you are giving me. If I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Let's look at Philippians 4, 6 through 8. And and I know most of you know these verses. Some of you may have even memorized them, which we should try to. But guys, we live in a culture of anxieties. Anxieties. And this is real. So as I share these things, and if you're dealing with anxieties or depression or anything like this, nobody's mocking you or ridiculing you. We understand this is real. But we want to go back to the Word of God and say, how can I get over this? How can I get through this? It may be a part of your chemistry for the rest of your life. Everybody's a little bit different. But God is God, and He will help us through it. Because Philippians 4, 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing. That can cause anxiety right there. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Oh, there's the answer. It's not like just, well, just get over it. You know, just get over it. When you have a problem and somebody says that to you, do you receive that really well? (laughs) Or do you want to punch him in the face? Come here. Let me give you a slap upside the head. The Bible gives us the answer. The Bible says, hey, you know what? Be anxious for nothing. Oh, that's great, God. That's easy for you to say. Well, well, read the rest of the verse. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So as we do that in those anxious moments, what will happen in verse 7? Here's a promise, guys. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You guys realize that? That's a promise? But we'd have a part in that promise. If I hang on to my anxieties, if I just say, God can't help me now, well then how can God help me? I've shut him off. I've shut him out. Do me a favor. Test God. Put God to the test. Not tempt, but put God to the test and prove me wrong. Take your anxieties. Start to pray. Start to supplicate. Now, as you look at that, prayer is very, very wide. So, Lord, bless the Sunday school. Supplication is maybe your teacher is Bob. So, Lord, bless all the students in the Sunday school. And, Lord, I pray that you really bless Bob. So you're you're doing prayer and then you're doing supplication. And Lord, thank you for the church and thank you for Bob. And so whatever you might be going through, you have to you know, pray, 
Lord, thank you for my job. Thank you for the company. But God, my supervisor, he needs help. Because he's got to put up with me. So God, help him. And now you're supplicating. Now you're interceding. And you will find the peace of God will come over you. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Notice that. Meditate on these things. Not the new age where you're supposed to empty your mind and empty your mind and empty your mind and become one with nature. No. You're to meditate on the Word of God because the Word of God is true. Well, what I did last night just for kicks is I said, you know, I'm going to look up anxiety. And so I looked up anxiety. You know, I Googled anxiety. What is anxiety? And this website came up that gives you an anxiety test that you can take. And you don't have to sign in or anything because I'm not going to do any of that nonsense. But I thought, oh, that's, this sounds kind of fun. I think I'm going to do it. So I took the test and I was pretty shook up by my score. I got a zero. That was very frustrating. And so here's the instructions. It says, use this quiz to help you determine if you might need to see a mental health professional for diagnosis and treatment of an anxiety problem or panic disorder. Instructions. This is a screening measure to help you determine whether you might have an anxiety disorder that needs professional attention. This screening measure is not designed to make a diagnosis of any anxiety disorder or take the place of a professional diagnosis or consultation. Please take the time to fill out below, fill out the, the form below as accurately, honestly, and completely as possible. All your responses are confidential. And so I looked at it and go, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and here's the first part of the test. I am 58 years old, female, Male or other. Now I'm starting to get anxious already. Because <laughs> I'm like, I guess I gotta go to the bathroom again because I've forgotten. What am I? What is with this other stuff? There is no other. But anyways. So there are the scores. Severe anxiety, moderate anxiety, mild to little anxiety, no anxiety. I got a, I got a zero. I'm not bright. I just got a zero. I'm like, who cares? I'm going to heaven. I got a zero. What's there to be anxious about? Results. You've answered this anxiety screening in such a way, and I put in different, I clicked on different things just to see if this was a standard thing for no matter how you filled it out. It's not. It's for me. It's for the zero people. The zero to five. You have answered this anxiety screening in such a way as to suggest that you are not likely currently suffering from anxiety disorder. However, this little degree of anxiety may actually be a sign of too little anxiety in your life. (laughs) Oh boy, they're making me anxious now. Individuals who score in this low range sometimes indicate that they may be detached from themselves, others, or their environment. I love it. Typically, this is not healthy for most and should be avoided. You can help yourself by stepping in front of a speeding train in sandals, jumping out of a plane with a backpack on, or grabbing the ears of a German Shepherd watchdog. That was all my stuff. I, was <laughs> like, I need more anxiety. Ah! 
You can help yourself by making more con- con- concerted effort to become reattached to significant others and your environment. So I went outside and I hugged a tree right after this. It was like, you should not take this as a diagnosis or recommendation for treatment in any way. Thank God. Let's look at John chapter 14. <laughs> I need some anxiety. Let's go play with a freight train. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 18. What is the answer? And again, nobody's making fun of this. I mean, this is real. But, you, you know, the Bible says laughter is good medicine. And get if you're dealing with anxiety and you're dealing with depression, just lighten up a little bit. That will help in and of itself. And then get into the Word of God and get into Christian counseling or come over and see us pastors. We'd love to pray with you and go over the Word together. So, but the Word of God tells us, and I will pray the Father, and I'm going to read this out of the King James, and He shall give you another comforter, the King James says. I just love that, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, as the music team comes on up. Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you. I love the King James sometimes. He dwelleth in you. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit, literally resides in every single believer. Do we believe that? I mean, do we really, really Really believe that. If you're battling depression or anxiety, it's real. We, we agree with that. We totally understand that. Reach out and get help. Nothing wrong with that at all. And if you're a Bible-believing Christian, though, the best help is the Word of God. Not the only help. Don't, don't take me out of context. Not the only help, but it is the best help. Reading the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, knowing who you are in Christ and who dwells within you. God literally dwells within me? Yes. We're reading it. According to the Word of God, God literally dwells within you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And I should have brought it, and Claudia's probably already here. I don't know if you guys saw that article that came in the... uh, the Queen Creek magazine. If you open up the magazine to the very center, it's it's incredible how many drugs America take drugs Americans take. And I, I forget it, so I'm not going to say it. I'll, I'll try to bring it with me next time, and we can go over that again. But it's just unbelievable how we are self medicating ourselves, thinking that's got to be the answer. My doctor said I have this, so I've got to take that. Well, maybe you do for a season, but get into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. And do, yes, do what the doctors maybe encourage you to do. But just don't stick with that and go, well, that's it for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. Get into the Word of God as well and seek other counsel. Skip down to verse 26. John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Notice the promise there. It's a guarantee. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you, not, not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
Guys, get into the word of God on a regular basis. Yes, other things are helpful and other things can help us. Praise God for science. Not knocking any of that. But the Bible is the most important thing that you need, that I need, on a day-to-day basis. Morning, evening, throughout the day. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things through prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God, you take this anxiety. I can't take it anymore. You take it. And the next verse says what? And the peace of God. Oh, you want to give it to me? I got it. I got it. Rest. Father, I thank you and praise you that we can come to you. And that you are not some distant God. Susan, that that gold God, before you go out, Susan... And that picture, that, that gold, was that literally that tall? That looked like it was a hundred feet tall. Father, we thank you and praise you that that's just, <laughs> oh, it's all going to burn. Father, we thank you that we come before the real throne, even right now, even as I pray. I don't come before some man-made temple or God. I come before the God of all creation. And we come before His throne. There is one, only one eternal throne. It's Yours, Father. We thank You and praise You for that. And so, Lord, even if there are people here this morning that are dealing with depression or anxiety, we don't make light of that. It's, we know it's real. But at the same time, God, we know You're real. And you know exactly where that person is at. And you know how to love that person and comfort that person and strengthen that person. So, Father, we just ask for your Holy Spirit, even right now, to visit that person. And to reassure them that you love them and care for them. And that you're with them and that you're going to help them through this time. And whatever we find, time we find ourselves in this morning, the same goes for us, God. You're with us. You're on the throne. Help us never to forget the simplicity that you're on the throne. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. While we all stand, guys, have a blessed week. If you need prayer, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, please come up today and ask Jesus to be your Savior. God bless you guys. Please stop by and visit Susan in the lobby. Yeah.